From VT Digger, I'm Riley Robinson. This is The Deeper Dig. It's Tuesday morning drop-off at the Orange County Parent-Child Center in Tunbridge. Yesterday was a snow day, but today everyone is going back to work and school, so parents drip through the front door, toddlers in one hand, tiny backpacks in the other. This is the only pre-K in Tunbridge and Chelsea. They're accredited for 59 children in their early childhood ed programs, but right now they have fewer than 40 kids enrolled. They couldn't offer a class for the very youngest children, the infants, because they couldn't staff it. They couldn't hire a teacher. Their waitlist for parents who want to enroll their kid is now about two years long. I have two kids in the school. I have a four and a half year old in the bears room downstairs and I have a two year old. And I love this place. It's amazing. I would do anything to make it operate, like to make them not have to be struggling so that it makes us struggle. This is Eliza Hale. I just, I really feel for everybody. I feel for all my fellow parents. I feel for all the teachers. I feel for the the managers and management because we're all getting the squeeze, whether it's from our employers as parents or them from us as parents or the teachers, you know, from needing to be here, but having, you know, everybody's just working too hard all the time, I think. There's no... There are more than 21,000 children in Vermont who are under kindergarten age and have parents who work outside their home who need some kind of reliable childcare. 21,000. But statewide, there are fewer than 13,000 spots for full-time year-round childcare for kids under five. This is according to Let's Grow Kids, the advocacy group that's pushing for public investment in childcare. State data also found that between 2015 and 2018, the number of openings in home-based childcare shrunk by more than 25%. Parents who are able to get their kids enrolled are often paying well more than $1,000 a month. Some say it's more than their mortgage, and it's often more expensive than in-state college tuition. But still, with all this demand for early childhood programs, wages in the field still hover around $15 to $20 an hour, even for teachers with college degrees. There is widespread agreement among early childhood educators, parents, and lawmakers that something in this economic system isn't working. And many advocates are hopeful that this year, Vermont will make big changes to the childcare system and how it's funded. Of course, these families in Tunbridge doing this particular morning rush were the lucky ones that did find open slots. What was it like trying to find childcare? Well, I started looking for childcare when I was eight weeks pregnant, and I did not actually get notified that anybody could accept me. This was the first place, um, and I was on maternity leave for my eldest um, when I, he was about 10 weeks old, so I had like a couple weeks left, and I had no childcare. Um, I had a couple weeks left on my maternity leave, and um, was notified that I had an opening here, that they had an opening for me here. This is Kayla Tebow from Tunbridge. When she started applying for childcare early in her pregnancy, she got on the waitlist for half dozen places. But then her child was born and nothing. She got through the first few months of her maternity leave and still nothing. She was starting to get worried. And then just a couple weeks before she had to go back to work, a spot opened up here. How is the cost of childcare generally? It's incredibly expensive. Um, we don't receive any subsidies. 
Um, and so we have spent a fair amount of money just putting our kids through childcare. So we have spent about $12,000 for the last couple of years. A year? A year on childcare, just a year, yeah. How does that impact other parts of your life, trying to get childcare, yeah, pay for childcare? And... Yeah, I mean, we're just plugging along. I guess we don't have, like, it's not like we have a, like, I mean, we're a teacher and a social worker family and I work part-time, so, and that's not even full-time, that's two part-time kiddos coming here. Nathaniel Stratton was here dropping off his three-year-old son. They were on the wait list for about six months before a spot opened up. So I started my business and I started school at the same time at VTC. Um, so having him in childcare has enabled me to, to do it. Otherwise, I'd still be a stay-at-home dad, probably. Under a Vermont law passed in 2014, kids who are three to five years old qualify for 10 hours a week of state-funded pre-K. Nathaniel said the subsidy helps a lot. Having a kid in a good place where, you know, that they're taken care of, where they're getting really good educational foundation, you know, that's really important. So it's kind of like, no matter what the cost is, uh, it would be worth it. It would be nice if it were more of a public institution, I think. I also wanted to talk to the educators. This is Hannah Nadeau. Um, I'm Hannah. I'm the Early Childhood Program Director, and I've been here almost almost four years. Hannah oversees all the early childhood programs at the Orange County Parent-Child Center. So the staff, their curriculums, making sure they're following all the different state regulations. She's worked in early childhood ed in the Upper Valley since 2004. Oh, throughout my career, definitely. It started with minimum wage. This is the first center I've worked in where we have a livable wage. Yeah, I mean, there's been other centers I've worked at where it's like $13 and you have a degree and they expect you to be, be a lead teacher and um, develop your curriculum that aligns with state standards. And so I think we are fortunate here that uh, we do have a leadership that, that supports that. Early childhood ed often doesn't give teachers benefits like health insurance. Hannah explained to me that's one reason the profession loses qualified staff to the public schools. I think something needs to change um, with with childcare. It's and how do we have a a countrywide expectation of childcare employees, um, helping them realize it it can be a profession and this is a field where you do require you are required to have higher education. There's also a larger cultural shift that needs to happen and. Adults need to realize this is this is more than babysitting. Your teachers are educated. They have to have professional development every year. People in early education are paid less um, than any other field of education. I think the biggest thing that needs to happen is just recognizing how important early education is and what happens when children don't have that how much harder it is when they go into the public school system. It's always blown my mind when you think about how much of the brain development happens in the first five years of life. And those educators are paid the least compared to like college professors where it's very, very fine tuning in terms of brain development. 
challenges around staffing and pay at this center and the costs for this group of parents are pretty typical all over the state. So it took us about four months to find a place. Um, And so that's in Colchester. So we drive from Waterbury to Colchester every day, twice a day, (laughs) for pickup and drop-off. I mean, we put... I think it's it's 120 miles uh, 120 miles on our car a day doing this. Um, so I think rough rough math is 600 miles a week uh, on our car, which means you know multiple oil changes as well as gas, both in terms of expense and emissions. Um, so it's um, that's something that weighs on us, but it's also we go back to we're so grateful to have child care when we talk to so many other parents who've either had to leave the workforce or have to pay for nannies and and it's impossible to make that work for us. Again, ironically, we live right across the street from a daycare um, and they have, from my understanding, they have a wait list of 60 families. You know, month one passed, month two passed, and month three passed. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to find any sort of placement. Um, So, you know, I decided that, again, officially, I was going to go back to work um, on a part-time basis. Um, My husband um, changed around his schedule as well um, so that he would um, have Mondays and Tuesdays off. And then I enlisted my grandmother um, to travel about an hour and a half, an hour and 45 minutes um, once a week to hang out with baby in our household two days a week, too. Yeah, I mean, it's like more than our mortgage, you know, was like sending them to daycare. And, you know, we're just at the point in the like income bracket where it's like, we don't qualify for anything. It just, it's so broken. It's so broken. People working on the political side of this also generally agree that the system needs some fixing. Both the governor and legislative leaders have said it's a priority this year to expand access to childcare and make the economics work for educators. But according to my colleague Lola Duffert, who covers state politics, they have vastly different ideas on how much the state should spend. Childcare is looking like it's going to be possibly the biggest political issue on the agenda for the legislature this year. Does that sound about right? It almost certainly will be contentious just because of the stated positions of different parties and the dynamic between uh, the governor and the legislature. But I think I can say fairly confidently in terms of like money, this is going to be the biggest debate, right? This is the biggest chunk of change that we're talking about. And most importantly, uh, what we're not talking about is one-time funding. We are talking about ongoing commitments. So... What are some of the ideas about what to do about this? What are the options? I guess the options that are on the table right now are invest more heavily in it or invest (laughs) exponentially more into it. 
We have, you know, a Republican governor who's proposed spending like another $50 million on childcare subsidies to kind of expand subsidies to a greater number of people, which would, according to his administration's estimates, like triple the state's current investment in childcare subsidies. Uh, and that's basically what the administration believes that they can do without raising any new taxes, right? Vermont is expecting that even though we're going to see a drop-off in revenue after this kind of weird post-pandemic boom time, we're still going to have a higher baseline, right? So there's going to be more money. Um, and the Scott administration essentially wants to spend the biggest chunk of that new baseline and put it towards childcare, which is in and of itself a huge win for childcare. The problem is, as they describe it, <laughs> the, 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 the problem is, is actually so much larger than that. What are some lawmakers proposing we do about this? Well, we don't know exactly what lawmakers are going to propose yet because the bill that they've been working on for several months now is kind of still under wraps. I can tell you what advocates want. Advocates want $279 million. Remind me again what the governor's amount would be? 50. Oh, wow. So this is orders of magnitude. Orders of magnitude. Yes. What the governor has proposed is already about three times as much as the state currently does. So do like three times five. And that gets you, that gives you a sense of like what the state's current effort is and what advocates are ultimately pushing for. And I think that that sounds incredible and like, oh my God, how could it cost that much? Like think about how much money we spend on K-12 education in Vermont, approaching $2 billion a year, which means for every grade, we are spending like several hundred million. And I think plenty of people complain about the cost of public education, but in general, we have a sense that this is just kind of like what it costs, right? And like, maybe we're spending a little too much or a little too little, depending on where you are, but like, that's what educating a child costs-ish. And fundamentally, we are talking about doing that again for childcare, right? Taking this service that is actually more labor intensive than education, right? You need more adults for every kid. So, you know, you were asking me about the different kind of positions, the conservative position, or at least the, the governor's position is let's, let's put 50 million towards this. Uh, lawmakers back in 2021 commissioned this report. They were like, how much would it cost? The RAND report found that it would cost the state an additional $179 million to $279 million to make child care, quote unquote, affordable. That's affordable with an asterisk. And to make it so that childcare workers are more fairly compensated and affordable is defined as, you know, would cost less than 10% of a household in, household's income. These analysts uh, came out with this report and said, depending on a range of options, basically like how generous and how many people you want to extend these benefits to. Uh, you're looking at minimum 179 million. If you are like not going to expand subsidies to more people, but you're going to substantially beef up the subsidies that people currently receive. Okay. And what would the 279 get? What would 279 million dollars get the state? That would get you um, equally generous benefits 
extended to people who make up to five times the federal poverty level. Um, And they also put in some details about how the state could pay for this, right? Yes. The kind of most likely tax, you know, that is bandied around is a payroll tax. Basically, they're saying a 1% payroll tax would raise about 200 million. You could also go for a two percentage point increase in the sales tax, uh, a new limited services tax of 10%. You're basically looking at services taxes, sales taxes, or like a payroll tax. If lawmakers ultimately opt for one of the more expensive options, I think it's likely that we'll see them reach for a couple different taxes, do sort of a mix and match so that there isn't like one big sticker shock. So obviously, Democrats have a supermajority in the legislature, Democratic leadership, House and Senate. Do Democrats generally seem united on this issue? Yes and no. I think there is a very widespread consensus that something big on childcare needs to happen this year. I think what big will be defined as like, I think the democratic party is a very big tent. um, And I think that that's probably what they're, you know, negotiating right now. The thing that came up over and over again when I was talking to people is that taking care of kids and educating kids is hard work. In the first classroom in Tunbridge, the teachers are changing diapers and singing to the kids. In another classroom, they're finishing up breakfast, so there's a stack of dirty oatmeal bowls to be washed. There's a load of laundry running. On one side of the room, a teacher is reading aloud to toddlers who listen, entranced, mouths open. A few feet away, another group is working on puzzles. We'd like to staff three teachers per classroom. Um, We could just do two, but it is demanding work and the quality care that we want to provide. Um, We'd like to have three people in each classroom. This is Monique Brayman. She's the Assistant Director of Children's Integrated Services at the Center. We we provide early education and we really strive on that. Do you consider, like, from... From, from, If a baby came in at six weeks of age, I would consider it early education with the activities, the curriculum planning, the, um, just all of the education that goes around, goes along with it. Monique and Hannah are administrators, but they float among classrooms to help the teachers out. It's like what a lot of K-12 schools are doing right now. They clean up blue paint from tables and from toddlers' hands and the ends of noses. Then they have to get a room full of two-year-olds into full-body snowsuits to go outside. We asked Hannah what drove her to do this work. Has she ever had doubts about staying in the field? Oh, I have. I um, I left the field for, for several years. Um, yeah, I think I, I, I honestly got burned out the first center I worked at. And I... I took a shift, left the field for almost six years, and then, yeah, and then returned, and I realized how important our work is. 
because without really high quality experiences in early education, it just sets people up for a really hard time <laughs> later down the road. This policy debate over how to fix the economics of childcare will likely go for months over the course of the legislative session. And as this stretches on, Monique and Hannah will keep doing what they're doing. And there are others like them. Lots of early childhood educators treat this as a calling. They're not in it for the money. But the data suggests it's not sustainable for the childcare system to keep running on passion. Now, how far the state is willing to go on this? That is still the big open question. This episode used music from Blue Dot Sessions. You can find more reporting by Lola and the rest of the VT Digger newsroom at vtdigger.org. You can subscribe to the show wherever you stream podcasts.